That's a fantastic question. I, I, li I like that. When I do my keynotes around the world, I always kind of pitch my vision. It might be wrong, but I, I'll start with this. My, my big vision is that the wearables can change the world. And if they can change, for example, your reality with virtual reality, mixed reality, you can change your world. It doesn't mean it's a health medical world. But if they can help you to manage your condition and improve your health and wellness, they can change your world. But also one of the things that I predict is that in five or 10 years time that the wearables that we see today will become obsolete. And it's not about fitness bands and smartwatches. It will be definitely about very small sensors, about smart clothing, about uh, health rings, about anything that you actually fancy or goes around your taste or um, preferences, but not just on your wrist. That's one of my predictions. The other prediction that I have is um, eventually, and this is more is a prediction and also an aspiration. Eventually, I would like the power to, I would like um, the plates to be turned upside down and the power to be given to the consumer and not the provider or the manufacturer or the insurance uh, uh, system. I would actually would like to see, I have my data, I work really hard to try to stay healthy and fit. Now, what can I get in return? Can you give me a benefit? Can you give me a discount? Can you lower my premium? Can I? So I would like to see the power on the hands of the people. <laughs> and I believe wearables can play a big role in that. I think we are a long, long time away from that, but that's what I really would love to see. Well, it's a, it's a big question. What, what does it look like? I'll tell you, uh, you know, one of my, one of the most famous quotes um, by Jack Dorsey on Twitter. He said, technology needs eventually to disappear. What does it mean? And I think he was talking about the iPhone or the iPad. He said, when you're sitting on the iPad, you're not realizing that you're sitting on an iPad. iPad. You're just consuming content and you're watching a show and you're right. You don't notice that technology has to disappear. And if we do our job right, if we do, if we do a good job, we, the health tech industry, we would get closer to having the systems disappear from the healthcare experience, you know, just like, Hey, I go and talk to the doctor today in the age after COVID. I go to the doctor on my on my screen. I'm not thinking to myself, oh, I'm going to log into that telemedicine portal in order to talk to my doctor. I just go to talk to the doctor, right? It's on my screen. So the technology disappeared. And telemedicine, today, you know, finally was able to get there because, you know, because of COVID. So the same thing is going to be with my Apple Watch and my phone. If services really do a good job handshaking with the patient, engaging them, the patient is not going to think, oh, I need to download the app. That would get me to that tracking, right? The patient is just going to engage the service. And imagine a world where digital therapeutics is going to do such a good job where you wake up in the morning and it's like, okay, well, here's your sleep metric. And I don't even remember what technology I'm using for that. It's just going to be there. 
That's a great question because certainly the opioid epidemic has impacted, you know, uh, what people think about taking, um, you know, uh, uh, taking a, a pill. However, you know, this is not a replacement for psychotropic medication in any way. It's, it's not a replacement for any kind of medication. And, you know, medication obviously has great value in our world. And so, you know, that's not to say that you at all, that you should use helium and quit taking your medication. No, that's the total polar opposite of, of you know, uh, what you should do. You should talk with your, your doctor and, and uh, you know, uh, see what they recommend that, that you should, you should be doing. But um, for people who, uh, you know, um, me personally, I can just speak about myself. Um, I wasn't a, a good, good candidate for medication. And so, um, you know, this was a drugless, non-harmful coping mechanism, something I could do for myself to learn to self-regulate, uh, and, you know, to, to try to feel more empowered in that this was one small thing that I could do for myself, uh, to move the needle on, on my own on my own mental wellness, but you have an interesting confluence of, of trends. As you said, you have the rise of the opioid epidemic where people are looking for more drugless solutions. You have the rise of consumer wearables. And after all, what are you going to do with that data? Uh, you have the rise of, of the stress Olympics and the mental health emergency. Um, and, you know, uh, it is, is, you know, Helium is, is certainly uh, in line with all of those different areas, along with the rise of the metaverse. And we know that immersive media compared to flat 2D media is not as memorable and it's not as engaging. And so you have that research along with the, the, the rise of uh, digiceuticals and digital therapeutics that have historically been served in the flat world. And so, you know, what you're, you're, you'll, you'll be seeing with a lot of these DTX companies is they're realizing, well, the, the world is no longer flat. It's becoming a place that you step into, whether that be in your mobile device or in a virtual reality headset. And so um, that's what I'm excited to see over the coming months and years is you know, more technology, uh, more uh, companies uh, real realizing that uh, the flat world of, of digital therapeutics certainly had its place. Uh, but if you want to impact brain patterns and heart rate, uh, there, are, there are new ways to do that, that research has shown uh, can be more memorable and engaging. I have this th this crazy conspiracy theory about this like shadow EMR world that's starting to be built alongside the real like the Cerner and Epic world where it's like there's a lot more like startups that are going into that space if it's like and even think about some of these primary care companies that have built their own EMR like all of a sudden it's like we're I feel like we're starting to see like other EMR possibilities kind of emerge alongside and then a lot of other data exchange startups that are taking advantage of some of those new 
privacy rules that have gone into place so that you not privacy rules, I'm sorry, like some of the data sharing rules that have gone into place um, and really starting to build out that that side. I think that's going to be a space that is going to just pop because of the fact that all of a sudden there's this data that wasn't previously available that we're going to have our little our little hands on and we're going to be able to algorithmize until we, we run out of questions to ask and predictions to make. And so I think that's going to be a space that is really popping. The other thing that I think on that same token, it's I would like to see that start to become a, a, a like maybe this is further out, but is like how we're using some of the tech that we've got to better refine um, the diagnostic process for certain areas of healthcare. So like you know how we're all with mental health, right? It's like could you like how can you refine? How can you get better at doing diagnosis and more quickly getting somebody into the space? Like with the data that we're starting to collect about certain things, or even when it comes to like some of these. Um, the pharma innovations around like digital therapeutics that wrap around a pill or whatever. It's like you have a lot of information now that augments the information that you had in an interesting way. And it's like, can you use some of that to make it easier for somebody to find the right medication faster? Like, or like, you know, get them to a diagnosis with a mental health disorder a little bit quicker, or I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential there um, for like having like this, 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 front part that helps you not triage or navigate, but it's like, even like, how do you enrich that with technology and use the, the data in aggregate that we have on a bunch of, let's say people who are using a remote patient monitoring device or like all these chronic condition digital health startups that have a lot of information about diabetes and weight and, you know, different types of chronic conditions like that. It's like, if you looked at all that in aggregate, what could you learn and how could you slice that by population and maybe provide more targeted treatment to women versus men or people who are in their thirties versus in their, I don't know. I mean, like there's so many ways to start to look at that data that we never even had before. So I like all of that space that really unlocks the potential for taking all that data that is like really just sitting there and being able to refine it and, and start to do these things that can really change the way that care is delivered and that. Yeah, let's, let's say I have like two different answers, you know, for two different target audiences. The first one, probably more conventional that nothing changed. I mean, all medical device technology, they have the same scenario. You need to invent something. You need to, let's say, to make the presentation to academic, to clinical society. You need to make validation of this. And you need to make contribution. And all of these companies from the niche need to make a contribution in the, let's say, in the whole uh, unique knowledge as a, as a, as a meta-knowledge of this uh, domain to be acknowledged and approved uh, and adopted by clinicians and to be successfully implemented in the clinical work workflow. Probably the, next, the second answer, which is more futuristic, is that probably something changed because of the metaverse, because of the Web 3.0, uh, because approach how patients go to hospitals, how these hospitals looks like, uh, slightly changed. And even in some reasons, regulations could be also changed. Uh, that's why it will influence on the whole business, on the whole... Uh, industry, but as I mentioned, we are in medical device business, but we still in the kind of not so complex devices, to be honest. So our devices are pretty, uh, are not very simple. But if we let's say uh, come, let's say compare these devices with MRI device or something even more like devices for some cancer treatment, it's pretty simple device. Probably for some uh, 
more complex devices, regulations will be the same because it's about safety, it's about class three FDA, it's about not only performance, but it's about safety. Some devices are could be implantable devices. It's another story, some sterile devices. But for devices like watches, uh, uh, some devices which could measure something, it could be probably next 10 years, 20 years, the regulation could be changed between because uh, results which we can have from the from implementation of these devices are could be very very efficient, and industry will ask regulator to make this process more streamlined and more transparent, more fast, as we had during the COVID. Let's say if the country, if the government, if the population needs to be approved something faster, they will do it faster because it's urgent need. Probably for some pandemic, and I, I suppose that future pandemic will be about depressions, about mental health, about stress. And for these kind of solutions, for these kind of devices, probably in the future we'll have a separate regulations, which could be much more faster, because in the one day, clinicians realize that they need these devices to control patients.